Hello, and welcome back to For Me, the podcast. I'm your host, Griffin, and this is episode nine. I was not sure of that whenever I first started saying it, but I am sure of it now. It is episode number nine. And again, no no guests this week. Um, I know this whole, (laughs) my description on Spotify is like misleading at this point. It says like a show built on friendship, but it's just me. Um, But I'm my own friend. I do love myself. So I guess that's gonna have to do. But yeah, today we don't have a guest and we don't really have, what's the word? A plan, an outline, a rough idea of what we're going to do even. And I really should not be doing this because I was just saying earlier today, I really need to stop playing around with my presentations because I watch other people go up to the front of the room and they have like five note cards. And then I go up and I didn't even write anything on my hand. Like I literally am just fully winging it. But instead of correcting that behavior, I said, you know what? What if I just decided to wing an entire 30 minute episode. So here we are. I think I'm just gonna do a quick little life update. Just um, let everyone know how I'm doing. I'm sure you're all very, very interested. So it is the final week before Thanksgiving break here. So it's busy, 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 busy. I have a million and a half things due, um, it feels like. But also I say that and I'm like, I have so much to do today. And it's really like two things I have to turn in, but it feels like a lot. And a lot of them are kind of like hefty because we're getting into finals territory where I have like multiple essays that are like my final ones due the first week of December. So I really don't have that much time because yeah, I have like this week but then I have, and I have other stuff to do this week. So I really have to be working all through break, which is kind of infuriating because like the whole point of a break is that you take a break from things, but really I'm just gonna have to go even like more full throttle than ever, which is unfortunate because I have to write like 14 pages. And I know that that shouldn't be a surprise to me because I mean, I'm a writing major, but why is there so much writing? Like, there's never any learning about writing anymore. Like, there's no one that's ever saying, here's how to write something. They just say, okay, write this. Like, babes, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. I don't know how to do that at all. I don't know the format. I don't know the type of paper you're asking me to write. Um, I've never heard of this before. I'll try, but I've never heard of it. I recently finished a white paper, which I had never heard of. Um, I recently had to make a Twitter just to like make a Twitter thread for class. Um, I'm learning so much, but so little. I'm learning a lot about the forms of print that you can publish things in. Um, But I'm not learning a whole lot about like public and professional writing. I don't think, but maybe I am. Maybe in two years, I'll look back and I'll say, wow, I'm so glad I learned that in this class. And then I have 
then I'm writing arguments, and then I have to write a classical argument. So I think my topic is fun though. Um, the professor gave us a couple like options, which I was going to just take, but then they also said like, oh, you can do your own if you want. So mine is going to be about, my argument is that the thing that like makes us human and defines the human experience is love. Because I have this like sort of belief that everything that we do is based off of love in some way or another. Um, even like things that you would think would be the antithesis of love. Like I think even hate for the most part is usually built out of love just for something else or someone else. Like a lot of the times if I don't like someone, it's because they did something to me. So that's just, so the reason I don't like them is because I love myself or you don't like them because you love your friend or you love something that they like, or you feel that they go against like a moral belief of yours, which is something that you feel like protects people you love. So there's just a lot of ways, but I'm kind of talking, I'm breaking it down into talking about Sternberg's theory of love, which is like, he has a little triangle and it's like, talks about commitment and passion and then like infatuation, I think. I don't know, there's like a bunch and then they intersect. And then there's the different types of love that the ancient Greeks had. They had a bunch of different words for it. So they had like a word for brotherly, like sibling, like familiar love. They have a word for friend love. They have a word for like just love of humanity. They have a word for passionate love. Um, they even have a word for like being a good host. So it's kind of interesting stuff. So I'm sort of excited to write it in that sense as much as I could be excited to write anything, but it's just um, gonna be a hassle. And then I have a policy essay coming up, which I have to pick my policy. I might do mine either on the opioid crisis or like, I think one was about like poison control or something. I think either of those could be interesting because it's just you have to basically write it as if you're writing like a policy brief and you're requesting this be made into a thing. So you have to have something that has some like realistic steps that you can be taken with. And I would do something like maybe like environmental or something, but that is so, I've written so much on it already in classes that I really cannot do any more of that. But, um, today, something very interesting happened to me. So today was a very busy day. I had a lot to do. I really didn't need any extra things added onto that. But one thing that was added onto it was that, so last week I was in class and I was like, or last week or the week before, it was last week. And I was like, why is there a cord under here? And I just was kind of like messing with it. And then it came out and I was like, oh, well shit, that's a plug. And then like, it was whatever, the plug like wasn't doing anything. I was like, is there's nothing even electronic in these desks. And so I just like fumbled around with it, plugged it back in, it was whatever. So then this week I was like, does my, I was in a different seat that day. And so today I was like, does my side have one of those? And so I like reached under and I found it and I was just like playing with it, like kind of like half pulling it out. And then I like touched it when I was, I was putting it back in and it zapped the ever living hell out of me like literally zapped the shit out of me. Like literally like Thor himself came and said, you're going down. Like Azula from Avatar came and said, did her whole little finger like zoop, 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 zoop. 
um, what are some other lightning references? Um, like that one woman from Korra, Mingwa, who got electrocuted to death. Like very much that sort of vibe. Um, like Bolt, the dog. Was Bolt struck by lightning? I don't know, the Flash was struck by lightning, I think. But it was so weird because I've never been like electrocuted before. <laughs> like I've been like shocked by like a little bit of static, but I've never like felt like a zap. And so like for, there was like a second where I like couldn't even like, I didn't even realize what was happening really. I just was like holding it and I was like, um, and then I realized this isn't, this doesn't feel nice. So I like pulled away. Um, and then, so then the rest of my class was me like looking up when to be worried if I electrocuted myself. I don't know if you got like if an electric shock is bad. Should I be worried about an electric shock? And I feel fine. Um, I had a little headache right when it happened. And then like my arm kind of hurt, but it was weird because then the pain was sort of gathering at like my joints, which doesn't seem great, but also, I don't know, maybe it's just how it goes. So like it was in my right like elbow and like right hip for a while. And then later on, it like felt like it almost shifted over. And then it was in like my left shoulder and my like left knee. But I'm just hoping that tomorrow I wake up and then I feel completely normal and I don't have to ever worry about being electrically shocked again because I'm going to learn a lesson today and that is to leave things well enough alone. Um, don't touch outlets. I really thought that they, were, they weren't live though. And then I realized afterwards that there is like, there's like places to plug your phone in on the desk, which I'd never seen before in my life. It honestly would have been helpful in the past, but yeah, so that's what they were for. But I guess there wasn't one in the seat I was sitting in before. So that caused me to um, like not think about it. And then, and it gave me a false sense of security. So when I actually got zapped, I thought that it would not have done that, but it did. So I might have superpowers now. Um, stay tuned for that. Um, unfortunately, I don't think I could sue because I was kind of my fault, but um, I'm just hoping that nothing comes of it and then I'm just, it's just a fun story to tell. Like, I, like I'm telling right now, I can say, hey, I got electrocuted once on a, on a desk inside of a political science class. Isn't that fun? But um, I don't really have a topic for today, but I was thinking about something earlier. And that was people's celebrity crushes. And there's such a wide variety of people who are, like celebrity crushes are so vast. Like it could be someone that you'd never think of like that. But I kind of realized that I don't think someone can have a celebrity crush without at least liking some of their work. Like, I don't think someone can have a crush on a musician unless they like enjoy their music. And I don't think they can have a crush on an actor until they like, like at least one movie that they've been in. Like for me, now I, I see Chris Evans and I'm like, wow, Chris Evans is really, really, really attractive. But I don't think I thought of that until I saw Knives Out. Like, like Human Torch Chris Evans and Captain America Chris Evans, it's like, yeah, he's hot, but it wasn't doing anything. It wasn't until I saw him in Knives Out in that sweater and like being good at acting that I decided, oh, 
now he's hot. And then, so that was something interesting that I was thinking about. And I think that's also why before a lot of my celebrity crushes have only, well, like not crushes, but like, I didn't have a celebrity crush for so long. Like there was no man that I was like, oh wow, they're so fine. I would say it's probably Chris Evans now and he deserves that. But like before it was just like, I was like, I don't know. I just like, I have favorite actresses, but I don't have like a celebrity that I think is like hot. But I think that's because I just was paying attention to the actresses more. So I just liked what they were doing. So I just liked them. And I think the reason that I don't have any sort of attraction to any male singers is because I don't listen to male singers. So like, for example, um, Justin, like Sean Mendez, like that's always just been like his thing. Like he's not like, like that's always been the one he says and everyone asks if he has a celebrity crush. But since I don't listen to Shawn Mendes and what I have heard I don't really enjoy, um, I think that's why I just am like kind of like neutral to him. Like, yeah, his face is pretty, but like, what else is he giving? It's giving MagCon rejectee. Shawn Mendes really was the only person in MagCon to like not be relevant and then somehow became the most famous. Like I know for a fact the Nash Gear is pissed about that. And I don't even know if Camilla Cabello shaves her arms, so Nashgar's definitely pissed about it. I think it was Nashgar was the arm shaving one, but someone can check me on that. But this week I actually, what I enjoyed was that I, well, one thing that I enjoyed, see, because then I actually, I actually got like two random compliments on um, the pod. I got two people that both said, randomly um we're just like hey the pot's good and one of them is my uncle and the other one is my boyfriend but i still value their objective opinions on this show um they said they liked it and they said that i'm good at this so i mean that's it's reassuring to know that people think that you're good at something that you enjoy because i do enjoy this i enjoy um i want to say talking to you all but again it's really just me, but I do enjoy talking and then having everyone listen to it after. And I know some of you are going to be listening to this real late because there's so many people that are like, oh, I need to catch up. I need to catch up. You know what? Make time. <laughs> I make time. You make time. Just kidding. Just kidding. This podcast is not more important than honestly anything, but definitely not things like work, school, um, really anything actually. But yeah, that was my realization about celebrity crushes and why I don't share a lot of them is because I just don't like keep up with what men are doing like in general in Hollywood. So since I only listen to women, I think that's why I'm not developing crushes on anyone. Well, another thing I'd just like to talk about, I guess, is um, I'd like to take a moment to talk to you all about Tiffany New York Pollard. Now, Tiffany New York Pollard, if you don't know her, is most famous for her appearances on the reality show Flavor of Love. Now, Flavor of Love is a dating show where if you won, you got to date Flavor Flav, um, which is not the greatest prize in the world. I think a lot of people would actually not want that prize considering um, not only the way Flavor Flav looks, um, more his personality, 
kind of rotted. Not like, it's not like you go on the show and you're like, oh, Flav's so sweet. Like, no, he's kind of a dick, but whatever. So New York was on seasons one and two. I think this might be the only seasons, but they brought her back as like, a, oh, help the other girls out. But then she started competing and then she, in both times she got second. Because for some reason Flav did not pick her, even though she is um, an icon. And now Tiffany Eric Pollard is one of, no, not one of, is the best reality TV personality of all time. If you have not seen clips of her, you are like severely missing out. She is hysterically funny. It's like off the cuff too. Um, off the cuff, funny, um, rude, but in a way that's always entertaining. She would fight the girls when she had to. Um, like some quotes from her. At one point, she walks in and she had fought with this one girl and it's like breakfast and she walks into the room and they're all eating and she goes, good morning, good morning, good morning. Not you, you can choke. Good morning. Like that is so, it's so succinct. It's so um, beautifully constructed that you can choke. I love that. I say that all the time because it's like, because you can choke is a fun one because it's like, you're not threatening them in any way. You're not saying that you're going to do something to them or that they should do something to themselves. You're saying that they are, if they want to choke, they are fully allowed to, which I love. Um, there is, what's another New York quote? There's that one that's been on TikTok lately where she says like, um, I don't care. Do I look like I care? Because I don't. And then it cuts to a clip of her like sobbing in the car, um, <laughs> which is funny because like what I love about New York is also just, she is an ongoing legend. Like she always gets brought back. Like she's been, she was on the show and she was popular. She's been memes and she was popular. She is now t on TikTok. Like she's a TikTok sound and she's popular. Like, she's just always going to be an icon. I'm going to look up some more quotes from New York because really, again, if you haven't seen her on Flavor of Love, you really should, um, like, just go watch, like, a compilation of it because it's so funny. Um, like, the one part where she says, cute next to gorgeous, gorgeous is gonna, you know, devour cute. She loves saying, you know, and things, which is so funny. Like, just so funny. Um, <laughs> the one of hers, another quote is, I was bored, so I purposefully ruined lunch and I had fun doing it. Um, oh, Pumpkin and her famously had a feud. Um, and she said, and as Pumpkin got eliminated in third place, New York said, bye pumpkin, bye pumpkin. Also pumpkin spit on her at one point. The audacity. Um, if you ever heard someone say, this is, look, look at the material, that's from New York as well. Um, she is the one who invented that because her and another girl had the similar colored dress. And then she said, well, who's, let's see who's is better. And then the girl was like, yeah, let's see. And then she said, no, you can be the judge of it. Look at the material. And she was talking about the physical material of the dress, but it can fit to so many things because it's like, look at what we have. Look at the receipts. Look at what we got. Look at the material. Um, famously, there's also that quote where 
someone says you're all just jealous because my friends always say that I look like I look like Beyonce and then New York laughs hysterically and then says Beyonce 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 you look you look like you know who you look like you look like Luther Vandross and then she says Beyonce I'm so sorry that an ugly bitch would even say something like that and the fact that she just um she does have a quote that says my mind it amazes me sometimes which I do love because she really her mind is amazing because she um like she just comes up with these things so quickly and now I'm going to also um read you a monologue because this was a monologue that she gave um she was on Celebrity Big Brother and when she was on she onto she borrowed shoes from Gemma Collins who's British and then Gemma only was like I want my shoes back and then New York was first like okay yeah I'll just give them to you I didn't know you wanted them and the way that the whole house tried to gaslight this woman was like um calm down New York calm down and she was like I'm fine I'm just gonna go get her shoes and like you need to calm down you're why are you always trying to start fights um just gaslighting her as people do um and then she gave the shoes back to her and then she went into the diary room and then she said that she can't wait for Gemma to go home because she's going to tell her off, but she can't right now. And then the producer said, what would you say to Gemma? And then this is what Tiffany said. I'll read it to you. Pretty much I would let Gemma know that she is a fat cunt. And um, the shoes that she gave me were not something that I would particularly buy for myself. They were old maiden type of shoes. And she said those shoes were meant to be worn on a beautiful woman. So if that's the case, she should have put them back on the rack and she should have never even purchased them because she was unqualified to own those shoes if that's the case. And um, I think Gemma is just a disgrace. She's a disgrace to humanity and she's a disgrace to women who are actually beautiful and classy. And um, she just doesn't have the vernacular that she thinks she possesses. Somebody lied to her several times and told her that she was fly, hot, and sexy and beautiful, and she's nothing like that. She is nothing of the sort. And this was all taken in one cut. Like, you don't understand, she literally, in the actual thing, she just like, it just goes, like it flows out of her. We are so lucky to have been in the same timeline as New York and for her to want to do reality television because she just gave us so much and no one's ever going to do that again. Like. For all the gays who are like, iconic, sassy, shady moment, like, no. They all are piggybacking off, well, the gays kind of piggyback off of black women in general, but specifically a lot of them try to take like the little like cuntiness from like New York, but she's been doing it first and better. So maybe we just don't. But New York in two seasons of a show gave us more like sound bites. Well, two, three, if we count like Big Brother too, but. In those three seasons, she gave us more sound bites, more memes, more clips than like basically the rest of reality television, like all together. Like it's crazy. And I just think that we really need to take a moment to appreciate her, um, think about all that she's done for us, and just salute her and her efforts. And Flavor Flav, I think, was honestly so dumb to not pick her twice because she really was so committed to him for what? Like, 
I don't understand. Also, people always consider her like the villain of reality. Like they're like reality TV's greatest villain. She was not a villain. She was in the right. Okay. Literally, pumpkin spit on her. People think that New York's the villain because Pumpkin's just a little white girl. She spit on her. Pumpkin had no right at all. Also, I want to say that it is criminal that the nicknames from Flavor of Love. Like, why did Flavor? Why did Flavor need to give them all nicknames? Like, New York still goes by New York because whenever she walked in, she just like mentioned that she was from New York, and he was like, "That's your name." But some of the names are so bad, like. The one who literally won the first season, her nickname was Hoops. And I don't remember if that's a basketball thing or an earrings thing. It literally could have been that she was just wearing hoops when she walked in, but she might have played basketball. I'm not sure. One of them was named Hottie, which seems insulting to the other girls. There was like one Asian girl and her name was Red Oyster, and I don't know what that means. Um, But when Red Oyster did leave, New York hugged her and said, you're the only bitch in this house I ever respected, which I do enjoy. Hottie also famously tried to cook a chicken in a microwave, <laughs> like an entire chicken. The, the whole task of the episode was that they all had to cook a chicken for Flav to be like, who's the best cook? And Hottie said that hers was gonna be really healthy and not have any fat in it and extra grease because she was going to microwave it. And she pressed, she put it in the microwave and then she pressed the button that said chicken, um, which you know is meant to like dethaw chicken, but she put it in there and thought that it was going to cook an entire chicken for her. And then at the end she put like some weird jelly in it. And it was truly one of the grossest things I've ever seen. But I think that kind of just takes us down the like rabbit hole that I think reality television is getting worse which makes me sad. We're definitely out of the heyday of reality TV. Reality TV was like it in the early 2000s um, when I was a young child who was in my formative years and shouldn't have been watching it. But when you think about some of the shows, like the concepts, the content, the casting, it was all just on a different level than what we get now. I mean, even shows that like weren't that popular were still like giving. Like think about Silent Library. That show was so funny. Whenever they would make them, they'd be like, okay, you're going to have to eat fish guts and your friends are going to try not to laugh at you. Like, that's funny. I don't know. Or ones that would just be like some man walks in and just slaps you. And then all your friends are just like, <laughs> and then, but then you can't laugh because it's Silent Library. Duh. Oh, or Parental Control. That show was wild. Like the idea of you basically putting your boyfriend up for auction and being like, well, if my parents find me one I like better. I'll just swap them out is like insane and i know that they're all definitely just like um scripted but just the thought that that could ever be a real thing is wild and now reality tv is like so boring like we get like the only shows we get are like oh the mass singer like okay whatever first of all the mass singer is so like strange because they fully give away who it is like they have the most obvious clues and they're like can you guess like, no, yeah, I can guess actually, but this isn't fun anymore. Like they'll literally be like, the person under it will be like Jojo Siwa and they're like, this girl, girl, this girl really knows how to go-go. She often wears a bobo. She was on Abby Lee Dance Company and her last name rhymes with Biwa. Who am I? Like, huh? 
we all know that but it's just not like and you know if you think about um the shows that are still around is american idol still around i think they like keep rebooting it but it's nothing compared to the first season of american idol i mean i don't think i was even alive for it but if i was i was not like aware of it but i mean they made like a genuine star like isn't that like it's kind of crazy to think that with all of kelly clarkson's success that she literally got that because she randomly decided to audition for a tv show like that's like crazy and the voice like became more popular than american idol but for some reason it didn't have the same like effect to it of like making stars and i think that that's because when people vote they would think like too much about the coaches they'd be like oh like blake won instead of thinking like or they'd be voting they'd be like i want blake to win instead of thinking like oh who what person do i want to win since they weren't invested in they were only invested in the people who were already famous whenever the people from the voice put out music they were not going to um, really get that same sort of success which like that sucks um, but if i was going on the voice thank you for asking if I was going on The Voice, my choices right now would be I would first pick Kelly because I have to. After that, I'd pick Ariana. See, they're John Legend and Blake. I think if those were the only two that turned for me, I would just leave. Um, maybe I go with Blake, then John, because John annoys me. He always does this thing where someone will be singing and then will go, yes. Like, shut up. Like, he'll just, like, they'll hit a note and be like, yes. Like, just from his chair. And it's like, can this not be about you for literally one second? Also, I'm afraid that if I was on Team John, I'd have to meet Chrissy Teigen. And I do not want to do that. But if I was on Team Blake, I might get to meet Gwen Stefani, which I really want to do. So I think I'd have to go Kelly, Ariana, Blake, John. But if I, but if it was, imagine if like Jess John turned for me, I'd be like, cool, I guess. Because if someone turns for you, then you can never come back, which is so annoying. But I think the only, like Drag Race, I do really enjoy, and that is a current reality TV show that has been going on for 13 years now and keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and expanding into new areas and having more seasons per year. Like there's been like 10 seasons this year, I swear to God. But for those shows, like, I do really enjoy Drag Race. It sometimes it's too heavy-handed on the producing, which is, like, never a good thing for audio shows because you want them to be produced because you want the storylines to make sense, but you don't want them to be produced the way that you, um, like, can tell. Like, you want the storyline of... Um, the girl that everyone doubted like comes back and wins the challenge and then like the person who said that she was shit like is in the bottom or something like you want that to happen but you don't want it to be so obvious as to where like the person who was bullied didn't do that great but still somehow wins and now the person who like and it's you can tell that they're just like pulling strings to make it things happen like you don't want that you want it to be to seem fair but still follow a guideline that makes sense which is hard um at the end of the day and it is a lot in the editing of like if the editors and the producers are able to 
put stuff together in a way that makes sense. One of the best seasons of Drag Race is season 12, which actually is a season with much less producing because one of the contestants before the show even aired had like a massive scandal and came out and it turned out that they were like a predator. So they took them, they had to edit them out of the show, but they were like top four and like a main character of the season. So they had to re-edit the entire thing last minute. And when they did, it kind of created a more like um, organic season because you just saw the people like doing well and like getting along because a lot of the like stuff that um, would have involved her would have been like the storyline of it. But honestly, and I've heard that even with the original edit, she was like projected to win. Like they gave her a very favorable edit. And you could tell that they really wanted her to win because they um like didn't put her in the bottom ever. And they really always want, every year they want like a big girl to be in the top four. And they always like try to push one there, but then like it's always excessive pushing. So then they don't, like the fans revolt because whoever you push too much, if the fans feel like people are getting something they don't deserve, they will be so mad. And if they're fat, they'll be even madder because they just don't want the people to be fat or not white, which is a whole other issue with reality television is that, um, especially the Drag Race fandom, just outwardly fat phobic, outwardly racist, and also just, um, just dicks, like just dicks in general. But what's, like they're a special case because of, way that it should be so like inclusive considering what show it is but yet it's somehow so like toxic and vile but I really could talk about it forever because I love reality television and I like I want to be a lawyer but if I had like another like my like if I I don't know lawyer kind of is my dream job but if I had like a separate dream job it would be like reality television producer. Like I think that would be the absolute most fun in the world or like casting director. Like that would be so fun. Like to do like the being a producer on like Drag Race would be like my literal dream come true because you get to make this show and do like the actual making of it. Like not being a part of it, making it like you get to actually decide like who's going home, who's in the bottom, like all that stuff, which is so like exciting. Like I love that kind of stuff. So maybe one day you'll see my name in the credits of a show. I'll send them my podcast and say, well, this shows that I'm ready for it, right? But with that, I think I am actually going to wrap it up. We are around the time I wanted. And I just think that I'm pushing my luck before I start just not making sense because I am so tired. But I would like to thank you all for listening again. Um, thank you so much. I have a lot of fun doing this. Um, I haven't been checking my numbers lately because it's, we're just having fun here. We're just having fun, but thank you all so much for listening and I will talk to you again next week. Thank you. Bye.